Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. I'm Kyle Krabs. And I'm Joe Marino, and you're listening to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 180! 180! Hot Welcome, everybody, to Locked On NFL Draft. It is Wednesday, September 28th, 2016, and I am your host, Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and Draft Breakdown. It is good to be back with everyone after having a couple of days off in a row here. And it's, uh, you know, Kyle took a dig at me. He said I stood him up like a blind date. And I uh, just wanted to go ahead and lead off with that, Kyle, uh, you know. I'm sorry, man. It's it's hard to match up schedules sometimes. Yeah, uh, who's the new guy? Does anyone know who the new guy is? <laughs> no. Well, it, it's good to have you back. Um, I'm sure the listeners are glad to hear something besides my voice making Jason Derulo references without you. Yeah. So you no, know, that was, and I caught. You know, I'm not. I listened, of course. I listened. <laughs> To both podcasts, and, and I, I think I, if I was on yesterday, I could have saved the people from that reference. You could have, but you didn't, so everybody had to suffer through it. <laughs> you know what, Cal? This is, I'm going to throw this out there. We are 210 days away from the 2017 yes. NFL draft. We're so, so close. So We're so close. close. But so far, you know, whenever I hear like a number like 210 days away, I start thinking, well... E- if you want to get 400 evals done before the draft, you, you got to average, you know, two a day from yep, here on let's, out. So. Let's start now. We got yeah. three weeks of 27 or 2016 film, so yeah. quarter poll is here. So it's time to start uh, really putting together this work. What, what does this look for you, Kyle? I know that you you um, every year, you know, you write the the prospectus, which um, you know we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about a lot in the show as yeah, months what, go what, on. What's that? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so what does this look like for you? I mean, we're we're hitting that quarter pole in the season. We've got two hundred days, two hundred ten days from the from the draft. I know you've got a, a bunch on the horizon. What's your what's your timeline, kind of from now to April? Sure. Um, what I'll typically do, what I I did last year that I found to be very successful was, you know, you have your baseline list, your watch list. Uh, we did our preseason senior outlook. Um, both you and I contributed on that for NDT Scouting, and that was 88 names. So I, I fair, have fairly extensive opinions on 88 seniors already. Uh, you're looking to fill out a, a population of anywhere between 250 to 300 prospects total. Um, I'll usually wait until mid-October, and then you start going through looking at, okay, who are the guys that are, are draft prospects on teams that 
you know, already have five or six losses. They're probably not going to make a bowl game uh, and, and kind of shift towards conducting some of those assessments off of if they've played a couple quality teams in the meantime in the early portion of the season. Um, and then, of course, you can always go back after the fact and watch you know, a bowl game if they happen to sneak in or a big matchup with a, a strong op- opponent uh, a little later in the year. But you have to start forming some, some final opinions. And if you got underclassman tape, you got six to seven games of senior tape. He is who he is at this point, right? You're not going to have that one game in, in late mm-hmm. November that, that's suddenly a relevation. It's, oh, my goodness, like he's a totally different player now. So uh, about mid-October is when I start writing formalized assessments and really uh, conducting extensive film work on a specific player throughout the course of the week. And we're going to try and tick off, uh, I don't know, 10 to 12 a week until after the Senior Bowl. And at that point, it really ramps up for through the Combine and, and beginning of March. And then, you know, you just kind of sit on your hands and wait for those last couple of pro day numbers to trickle in. If you, you do a, a scoring system like I do in which you, you count for some metrics and analytics uh, from an athleticism and size standpoint. So the process really picks up around the same time as my travel schedule picks up this year in, in early October. Well, and, and, um, you know, it's, it's so close so far away, but I mean, you, you mentioned mid October for starting to put together reports and I mean, geez, that's two, three weeks away. And, um, that's, what's going to, we're going to talk about in in this draft or this podcast is kind of the, the early storylines, kind of nuts and bolts things, uh, about the 2017 NFL draft. But before we kind of get into today's content, I do want to remind everyone that we're part of the locked on podcast network. We have uh, a podcast for basically every NFL and NBA team. Please uh, take some time and look up your favorite team locked on whatever on audio boom and iTunes and subscribe. And we certainly hope that you already are subscribing to the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, but if you are not, we'd, we'd certainly uh, invite you to do that uh, via Audio Boom or iTunes. The show is also powered by Draft Breakdown. So, uh, you know, Draft Breakdown is an invaluable uh, resource for, you know, NFL draft analysts and casual fans for everybody. Anybody that wants to watch film on the prospects that we talk about all year long, you can go to Draft Breakdown and watch cut-ups of of the games in a very time-efficient manner. So make sure you check out DraftBreakdown.com. So so first up here, Kyle, I mean, we've got the date and we've got the location for the 2017 NFL draft. Oh, we do. It It is April 27th. 28th and 29th in the city. I have to look it up on the map, but I think it's somewhere in the northeast. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Have you heard of this? Uh, that is pronounced correctly, yes. Okay. And as somebody who lives five minutes south of Lincoln Financial Field, mm-hmm. I am a little bit excited that it's it's coming here. I don't have to travel. I don't have to, to worry about... Know, do I do a press credential? Do I just go as a fan and, and spend the money and get a hotel? And who cares? It's here. You guys can come stay at my place. We're all gonna hang out. We're gonna watch it. We're, we'll go to uh, Draft City. I think they're gonna have it down uh, along the the art museum down by like the Rocky Steps. From what I've heard, that is that's the preliminary plan is to actually have uh, the the draft center outdoors there, uh, which is a beautiful part of town. Uh, it's separated far enough from downtown Philadelphia that it almost has like, 
you look across the way and it's it's got a suburban feel across the river and you know, a lot of great history in downtown Philly in that area. So it should be a great venue for a draft this year. Yeah, you know, it's pretty cool to kind of see this thing jump around a little bit. You know, we, we were in New York for so long, Chicago a couple of years, now to Philadelphia. Um, you know, I kind of have this approach with the draft and the Super Bowl. Like, why don't we just rotate these things once every 32 years? You know, every NFL city gets these things you know, once a, once every 32 years, you just you rotate it. You know, I mean, you wouldn't have the draft of the Super Bowl the same year. But I, I just don't understand why, you know, that's, you know, it's not more moved around more so that more fans can get to a, uh, attend these types of things. And, uh, you know, if it's good, if your city's good enough to have an NFL franchise, they could probably host the draft, right? Joe, I, I don't want to go to Seattle in rainy season for a draft. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, I Nothing hear you, against Kyle, Seattle. But, you know, maybe my underlying uh, – point that I want to make here is let's get the draft in the southeast where the football players are from you know let's get this thing in Atlanta New Orleans maybe somewhere in Florida Houston you know nothing's going to come to Charlotte where I live because you know we (laughs) have all kinds of issues and and uh you know it's such a disgraceful place to live you can't have events but uh you know maybe Tennessee or something you know where the football players come from the Pennsylvania is there good football players in Pennsylvania Kyle? there's a couple quarterbacks from from Pennsylvania that you guys might have heard of. Uh, Dan. Uh, oh, he's he's got a familiar last name. It's Dan yeah. Marino. Uncle Dan. Yeah. Un- Uncle, Uncle Dan. Dan. Joe's Uncle Dan is from Pennsylvania. <laughs> so uh, uh, historically, I know it's we've we've been a little bit thinner as of late. Uh, Terrell Pryor is from Pennsylvania. So there you go. Okay. We got lots of quality football players up here in Pennsylvania. Well, that'll be awesome for you and the Pennsylvanians. Is that what you call uh, them? Pens- why are you talking like you're not invited? Oh, well. You can bring your brother. You can bring your brother up. We'll, we'll all hang here. And this will be draft headquarters for NDT Scouting and the Locked On NFL Draft uh, Podcast. Just make sure your Wi-Fi is, is uh, good and strong. And, you know, you know maybe we'll, we'll think about doing that. It is prepared. Awesome. Well, you know, that's one of the kind of the early storylines of the NFL draft. The other one just kind of came through in the last week here where uh, the NFL announced a um, a new policy, a new, new rule for the scouting of the underclassmen. You know, I, as everyone knows, last year, the 2016 NFL draft, there was a record 107 underclassmen that declared early. And the real disappointing thing is that 30 of those 107 went undrafted. And, uh, you know, you got a lot of guys out there making decisions to forego their eligibility to play college football, declare for the draft. And, you know, the, the, the numbers don't lie. A lot of people are making bad choices. And, um, you know, you don't want, it's hard to really criticize or get into, you know, everyone's individual unique situation, but, you know, it's, it's too much. It's too many guys that are declaring and, and just not really uh, not getting a chance to get drafted and, and make NFL rosters. But um, so the new rule here is that beginning this February, every FBS team can designate up to five underclassmen who can apply for the special eligibility for the 2018 draft to be permitted for additional scouting. So these players that declare or are on this special eligibility, they get to be timed, they get to be tested, and they get to be interviewed prior to the 2017 college football season and at the uh, the, the senior pro days for the 2017 draft eligible uh, players. 
Uh, and then some of the you know schools can also request the uh, ability to designate more than five players, but the NFL will determine if those players are legitimate. So I think this is a really really good step in you know minimizing the amount of prospects that declare early that just aren't going to get drafted. And um, you know it's it's maybe it's not perfect. Maybe there's issues with this, but the reality is is we have an opportunity for these underclassmen to get. Uh, Get good information from the NFL to get to you know familiar with the process and, I, and just better information than they have right now. Where, where are you at with this, Kyle? You, you think this is a good step in in you know progress in this area? Oh, absolutely. I think I really think uh, one of the things that kind of helped get the ball rolling on this was some of the prominent college coaches like Nick Saban kind of stepping mm-hmm. up and saying something needs to change here and. Um, you know, there's just so much misinformation out there in terms of a lot of players don't really understand what this process is, how teams look at players. Um, there's, you know, any and every website that's out on the internet, you know, you Google a player's name, you can find somebody that has a favorable opinion on somebody. So uh, that was something that, that we kind of experienced firsthand last year, Joe, is uh, somebody who was considering declaring and somebody reached out to us and asked us to, to give a, a third party opinion. And, um, no, they were, they were getting some information saying, you know, you need to come out, you know, you're a great football player and that this player is a successful football player, but that doesn't mean that they're ready to take that next step in their, in their football career. So I think the more direct feedback that they can get from the actual people who are making these decisions and evaluating these players themselves, I think all of that can only do great things for the underclassmen situation that we've kind of seen trending in the wrong direction more and more and more the past three years. Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought that up. It was something that we were able to do this past offseason was you know a, a prominent player that I'm sure most people listening to the show would know from a power five school yeah. you know we were solicited you and I to do a full film eval and write a report and give a recommendation and, and I think you and I are both pretty happy to say that that player opted to stay in school now we can't sit here and you know pat ourselves in the bat and say well Joe and Kyle said it would be best if you did and, and so we you know they did but you know it's it's nice to think that perhaps there was some influence there and and you know it is just kind of trending in where we're in a, I, I think people are realizing that there's some significance to foregoing that that eligibility and, and taking those decisions more seriously. And you know, the um, hopefully this is a good step, and it'll be interesting to see how this all materializes and uh, what information's available, and if we get to know who the players are that that uh, that request a special eligibility, and if we're privileged to have those numbers. So there's a lot of unknowns with this, but it, definitely a, a step in the in the right direction. The next thing to get into with the 2017 NFL draft is a little bit of the shakeup that's already happened at the, in the first round. And you're sitting here September 28th, and we've already got you know several teams that have traded away their first round pick in 2017. The Titans and Browns already have extra first round picks based on the trades that we all remember uh, going up to get those quarterbacks. Uh, so we got a couple teams with two first round picks already, and then the, the Eagles. Um, who gave up their first-round pick to move up and get Carson Wentz, have already recouped that. You know, they've made the deal, the Sam Bradford deal with the Vikings, so they've recouped their first-round pick. And so we've got some we got some shakeup already here, Kyle. Uh, any any thoughts on, on some of this? Yeah, it's crazy. You know, a lot of times you see 
folks with uh, mock drafts and they have to get creative to have trades that have taken place. And you know, all you mock drafters can go nuts. And we've already got three deals. So um, it really rare. I, I would be curious to do some research. We need, a, we need to get an intern in here and do some research for us live on recording. Uh, when the last time something like this has taken place, where you have at the start of the year, three teams have already exchanged first-round picks. And you know, kind of going back to Philadelphia having one, I think that's going to do great to really drum up the interest in Philadelphia. I think they would have been really down if if they had a barren draft class this year. But, you know, it's a quarterback-driven league, and you don't need to look any further than teams are already have already moved – uh, substantial amounts of draft capital to get quarterbacks that they feel like are uh, the key missing cog to their teams. Um, I don't necessarily think we're going to see any more movement for a while. You know, the the um, the in season trading is probably more non existent in the NFL than in any other league. And I would certainly imagine we won't see anything involving, you know, early draft selections round one, two, one, two or three. We might get some conditional picks towards uh, week six and seven here. But, uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting. And I'm, I, for one, am glad because it gives a lot more flavor to projecting, like, the Tennessee Titans and Cleveland Browns and looking at where those teams are projected to be picking. I'm, I'm sure Cleveland is a little disappointed to see Philadelphia being so successful mm-hmm. early because that looked like they were going to have potential to have uh, two top ten picks. Yeah. And uh, Philadelphia is kind of throwing a, a wrench in that plan. Um, but but Tennessee, um, they have a legitimate chance to have two top ten, top 12 picks, kind of depending on how the season plays out. Uh, I know the Rams uh, have had a little bit of success in the win-loss column, but you know, they they don't look like they're clicking on all cylinders. So they may be a team that kind of trends back down and, and gives Titans fans a lot to be excited about. Yeah, and and it's going to be interesting to see closer to the draft, you know, based on which ultimately quarterbacks declare for the draft and then which teams ultimately have those top, you know, two or three picks and see if we have another uh, crazy couple weeks before the draft like we saw in 2016. So that'll be something to monitor. Um, you know, kind of sticking with the theme here of picks and who's got more picks and who doesn't have many picks. The team right now with the most picks for the 2017 NFL draft is the San Francisco 49ers. Already 10 picks, and that's before we've even started considering compensatory picks. And so when you look at the 49ers, you think that's a good thing because that's a team with a lot of holes. Um, and uh, they're going to need those picks, and, and it looks like a really good draft class ahead. You know, every time I get into another prospect or another team, I just kind of keep seeing good football players. So this has the makings of a really deep class, and San Francisco 49ers fans should be awfully excited about those 10 picks they have right now today. Uh, on the flip side of that, we've got the Miami Dolphins with only five picks uh, as of today. You know, they they moved up with Minnesota last year and gave away a couple picks this year, so they're they're kind of behind the eight ball. Uh, Kyle, any insight on the Dolphins and and their five selections? And uh, you know, what, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, they they were really aggressive. I'm still mad at them. They didn't go get Miles Jack. You know, they they were a team that I thought really sorely needed some linebacker help. Uh, they did move and get Kiko Alonso, who's, I think, f- tied for fifth in the league in tackles so far this year. So he's mm-hmm. been active uh, and very uh, – it's been a, a quality addition for them, and they've needed that. But 
No. Go get Miles Jack. I thought he was a transcendent talent. Of course, there was a question about his knee. Uh, instead, they opted to trade up for Xavier uh, Howard, the corner from uh, Baylor. And, and that decision was based largely on the fact that they had a certain prototype and build that they were looking for from a, uh, a boundary corner. And they thought that he fit that. I know they want to play press and get up in guys' face. And, and him and Byron Maxwell are two big corners there in Miami. But... Um, you know, I think Mike Tannenbaum's always been known as a splash kind of guy. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them continue to wheel and deal. And I would hardly be surprised if we don't see them aggressive again with their draft capital. If you have your guys and you feel like they are definitive fits for your team and you want to go get them, you know, I don't have a problem with that. Just make sure they're the right guys. Make sure you've got a plan in place to utilize them appropriately, which is one of the things that I kind of touched on with the uh, the rookie recap a little earlier this week is talking about players who have been selected with a specific role in mind and have already been implemented successfully into that role. I've got a hot take for you. Okay. Is it a Miles Jack take? It is. It is. Oh, no. It is. Oh, no. um, you know, actually, before I give you this hot take, I want to do a little bit of a tease. Tomorrow we're going to have on the show – uh, the host of Locked On Cowboys, Drew Davison. And I cannot wait to ask him about, you know, the Cowboys and their decision to go with uh, Jalen Smith over Miles Jack. But here's my Miles Jack hot take. Miles Jack would be a better NFL cornerback than Xavier Howard. Oh, dear. Just let that sit <laughs> That should tell you what I think about Xavier Howard and giving up assets to go uh, get him. You know what? I – um. <laughs> I don't know if I would go quite that far, but <laughs> Howard was a player that I had a day three value on. I, I was not particularly enamored with him as a player. Um, but again, if you got a role in mind, you think he's the right fit, go get him. And at the end of the day, if you're right, you get a pat on the bat. If you're wrong, you'll get a pink slip. Yeah, and, and and really, in all seriousness, Miles Jack is just such a, a talented guy in coverage, and he even lined up kind of in the slot and man on receivers quite a bit at UCLA, and he's such a talented football player. So um, that that would have been a really nice fit uh, for the Dolphins, who have a need at linebacker. But uh, only five picks for the Dolphins right now, so we'll see how that um, how that plays out for them. You know, kind of the next interesting storyline for the. NFL draft, the 2017 draft, is that we've got a lot of teams that have had to forfeit their picks um, really more than I can ever recall. I don't really recall a whole lot of forfeiting of picks, and we've got three teams that have already uh, had to do that. You know, The New England Patriots, they're forfeiting their fourth-round selection as part of the punishment for the Deflategate scandal. They what's, already what's gave that? up. What's yeah, that? what's Deflategate? I've never heard of that. That'll be the first and last time we discuss Deflategate <laughs> on this on this podcast. Um, and they uh, they also forfeited their 2016 first round selection, so that full punishment uh, will be uh, fulfilled this year. Seattle, the, the Seahawks, are forfeiting their fifth round selection because they violated the NFL's collective bargaining agreement uh, regarding the off season workout policies. So the Seahawks are without their fifth round pick, and then the Kansas City Chiefs are without their sixth-round pick for violating the NFL's anti-tampering policy during the 2015 free agency period, and they've also uh, already forfeited a 2016 third-round third, uh, third selection for that. So what is going on? We've got uh, the NFL is, is really hitting these teams with, with draft picks, which are assets, and uh, 
you know, I, I guess you kind of look at this thing and, and you know, what are you going to find a billionaire, uh, a couple tens of thousands of dollars? That's not really going to make a difference. But you start taking away their ability to collect talent. You know, I think that's uh, that's really hitting teams where it hurts. Sure. Uh, it's um, I mean, you see how some teams really uh, covet draft capital more than they they covet players who you already know who they are in the league. So yeah. th- that's almost ironic in that regard. And, you know, if you're going to hit hit a team between the eyes, take away uh, take away a, a day two draft pick, and you know, don't don't find a guy a hundred thousand dollars because he blows his nose with that kind of money. You know, <laughs> right? No. Exactly. It doesn't mean anything, right? And Seattle's one of those teams. Well, actually, all of those teams. Well, really, New England, Seattle. Those are teams that do like to stockpile picks, and and you know, they're not afraid to move on from a veteran, and and so it's. Uh, uh, those are two teams that maybe that did hurt them quite a bit. So um, we'll see. I, I don't think we'll have any more picks for this season forfeited, but you know maybe maybe teams will uh, will tighten up their uh, practices in fear of losing assets like draft picks. For sure. And um, Joe Joe already did a great job kind of spelling out what we have for you guys on deck tomorrow. Um, this is all that we have for you guys today. Uh, I hope you found this informative just to kind of you know, straighten up the tie a little bit, and we'll, we'll talk about some uh, some of the administrative items in regards to the draft and you know the draft order and, and trades. And uh, It's funny how we're at the end of September, and we have that much to talk about in an administrative draft podcast. Um, so we, we hope you guys found it informative and enjoyable, and we want to thank each and every one of you for listening. Um, if you, again, have anything that you would like us to talk about on the podcast, you have any feedback about the podcast, um, please feel free to reach out to us on social media. You can reach Joe on Twitter at the Joe Marino, myself at NDT Scouting. Uh, you can also give us some feedback via iTunes with your subscription and rate the podcast and give us feedback that way as well. As a reminder, we are Locked On NFL Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are signing off until tomorrow. Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast on the NFL Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.